You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 29th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Should have a decent show for you today, hoping to kind of speed through things a little bit. Little bit. Uh, I do have to get up kind of early in the morning uh, to get to summer league practice. That's right. I'm going to have a report from summer league practice tomorrow as we kind of wrap up our free agency preview uh, and begin looking ahead to next week's exciting summer league action. Of course, all Orlando Magic summer league games will air on NBA TV if you get it. I'll have recaps of just about every game. I'll probably do a quick episode on Sunday, Saturday for Sunday, and then Sunday, and then of course Sunday for Monday. Uh, just recapping what's going on at summer league, get our first impressions of Jonathan Isaac, Wesley Owundu, see how some of the other guys look. You know, maybe catch up with some guys uh, at at summer league. It's always a, a, a little bit of a, of a zoo over there at the Amway Center, so it should be a very exciting week, but. Today, we want to continue our focus on free agency. Like I said earlier in the week, I was going to double dip one day and hit two position groups. And today, I'm going to hit probably two position groups that I do think the Magic have to fill a need for. And I think the Magic should be at least fishing around for some free agents. Let's start with the power forwards. Now, a lot of people would probably tell me and say, the power forward position is actually the most stable and, and and ready to produce position that the Magic have. And to some extent, I would agree with you. Aaron Gordon is the starting power forward. There's no doubt about that. And Jonathan Isaac's sitting there behind him at, at power forward or maybe at the three, depending on how you want to look at it. Do you have Mario Zonia in the mix, maybe? I don't know. To me, though, I do think the Magic need to fish for power forward in in free agency. I think that the Magic need to add a stretch four, essentially. I think that they have those good tweener versatile fours in Gordon and Isaac. But unless Isaac becomes a knockdown shooter, I would like to see the Magic find a traditional stretch four, someone who can play both the three and the four. So this bleeds a little bit with the small forwards who we talked about yesterday. When I was looking at the list of power forward free agents this summer, I saw a few names that were intriguing, but certainly some names that I am not 100% sure will be available or will be available to the Magic trying to make these picks. The first place I started is with PJ Tucker. He was traded to the Toronto Raptors from the Phoenix Suns. Just a really solid defender can guard the 2, 3 and 4. Just a tough guy. Doesn't have a, doesn't have great athleticism or length but is just a tough player. He plays good defense, he knows his role, and he doesn't try and do too much. And I think with what the Magic are trying to accomplish this year, that is more than enough. That's plenty for them to get themselves off the ground. Last year, he averaged total 6.7 points per game, shot 35.7% from beyond the arc, 40% from beyond the arc with the Raptors, although his offense took a little bit of a nosedive after the trade. You're not relying on Tucker for much offense. He is a purely defensive player. And that versatility is something that the Magic like, because he'll play the three or the four. But I don't think he fits the needs for the Magic. And anyways, I think he's going to be priced out for the Magic. I don't think the Magic would be able to afford him. And if you get him, you're going to have to start him, which pushes either Terrence, which pushes Terrence Ross or Evan Fournier to the bench, which probably isn't ideal, because he's, he's not going to help fix the Magic's offense. So... 
I don't know if Tucker is the right move. All I think he's a very good player. Still a very underrated player. And I didn't like what happened with him in Toronto. I, I don't think he's quite the direction the Magic need to go. There is another Raptor, though, that I do think the Magic should fish around for, and someone they've actually fished around for before, and that's Patrick Patterson. When Patterson signed his three-year deal with the Toronto Raptors, he picked the Raptors over the Magic. The Magic had him in in Orlando and missed on him, and after missing on him, they went to Channing Fry. Patterson's definitely slowed down from those days before then. Averaged 6.8 points per game last year, 37.2% from beyond the arc. Became a non-factor in the playoffs. The the Raptors played Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker ahead of him. Um, He really lost a lot of minutes after that trade. But Patterson is still a very reliable three-point shooter. He is the definition of a stretch four. You put him in the game, you're going to allow Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon to work around the basket, and Patterson can spread the floor and hit three-pointers. That's what I'm looking for. That's that's it's a little one-dimensional. He may not have the versatility you want from the four, but he is a stretch four in every sense of the word. Maybe a guy, and I think that he'll be in the Magic's price range. I did, uh, last he made, I think it was eight million dollars, seven million dollars per year, a three-year, eighteen million dollar contract. So it was six million dollars per year um, off his old deal. I think he'll probably get around the same. Probably looking at twelve, thirteen over two. Um, maybe going 10 over two, maybe he's, maybe his values decrease. So he is right in the Magic's wheelhouse. If Orlando is maybe looking to expand themselves a little bit, maybe they go with Nikola Miritich of the Chicago Bulls. Well, I think the Bulls do have the matching rights on him. Uh, Miritich is kind of a eye of the beholder type player. Um, I think a lot of people think he's a good shooter, and he is a good shooter, but he only shot 34.2% from the floor, from beyond the arc last year. for his career. So with Miritich, kind of like what what it was with Terrence Ross last year, it's a little bit of perception in reality. You notice I'm thinking about a lot of shooting, and Miritich has a little bit more athleticism, so maybe he fits the Magic's long-term goals a little bit. He's going to cost a little bit more, and he might be out of the Magic's price range depending on who goes after him. But these are the type of power forwards that are available. For a team that des- that does need a backup power forward, I do think the Magic need to find a backup power forward. There are not great options. After Patterson and Miritich, you get into a guy like Amir Johnson, traditional power forward. You get into a guy like David Lee, traditional power forward. These are guys that are back to the basket and step out and hit their jumpers a little bit. Amir Johnson's more defense only, starter quality player. But you're not going to finish games with him, and he's going to be a non-factor offensively. So if you're bringing him off the bench behind Aaron Gordon and you're playing him next to Bismack Biombo, you've got problems because that that combination is not going to work. David Lee, great offensive player, obviously former Florida Gator, but no defense whatsoever. And I think he and the Spurs' defensive rotation in the front court got exposed a little bit in the playoff series. Without the Spurs' defense to protect him, I don't think David Lee's the right choice either. One guy that might be worth taking a one-year flyer on, maybe like a one-year, three- or four-million-dollar deal to play backup power forward is Derek Williams from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, LeBron James and the Cavaliers can make any player look good, and Williams certainly had his, his drawbacks and his struggles, but he had probably one of his better years in a while with the Cavs, 6.2 points per game and 25 appearances for the Cavaliers, 
shot 40.4% from beyond the arc, 50.5% from the floor. I'm not saying you should rely heavily on Derek Williams. I'm not saying you give him more than a one-year deal. But if you're desperate for a power for, for power forward minutes, Williams has the versatility to play 3-4. I think he could pair well with Jonathan Isaac off the bench. Maybe a guy you take a flyer on. But overall, this power forward free agency class is very unimpressive. It's it's unimpressive to the point that it's it's a need the Magic have, but it's probably not one they're going to be able to fill. It's probably not something that the Magic are going to attack aggressively in this free agency period. They may go into camp with a power forward question. They may go into camp with Jonathan Isaac as their backup power forward, or Mario Azonia as their backup power forward, depending on how he's developed. To me, power forward is a position of need. They don't have it too deep on, on power forwards yet. But at the same time, it's also something that's a little bit difficult to solve and difficult to resolve. I'm not sure how the Magic approach it. Another guy that might be worth taking a stab at is Jermichael Green of the Memphis Grizzlies. Another versatile 3-4, not a great shooter. And again, that's something the Magic kind of need. But Green's good hustle player. You know, I, I would I would maybe throw some money at him. I'd maybe throw five or six million dollars at him. I, I think the Grizzlies have matching rights though, which will make it very tough to, to get him. So one of the Magic's positions of need, they're probably not gonna be able to get the guy they want. Unless they believe Jonathan Isaac is the backup power for it this year, which is very possible. And they might press him into that duty. So I, you know, I don't know how the Magic feel about this. I think power forward is a need. I think the Magic need to do this. But if you look at the rest of their depth chart, they're trying to get Wundu minutes. If they're trying to get um, Hazonia minutes, Isaac playing the four makes a lot of sense. And again, we're not expecting the Magic to make a ton of free agency activity. They don't have a lot of money to spend. So this might be something that gets left alone despite maybe a need to add a third power forward or, or add a third point guard. Sometimes you just don't have the money to, to to make these moves that you're trying to make. And, you know, this might be a situation where the Magic have to leave the power forward position alone. Another position that I think some people think the Magic need to address, and, and this might be the way to address it, and might not be, is shooting guard. Now, I might argue the Magic are probably more set at shooting guard than any position on the team. Between Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross, you've got two starter-caliber shooting guards. Problem is, you got to play one at small forward. That eventually, you hope Jonathan Isaac takes that over, and yeah, on and on and on and on. Behind them, though, you have some question marks. I like Wesley Awundu. I think he's probably. I think he's more of a three than a two. Um, you have Mario Azonia, who has kind of proven in two years that he doesn't quite have the speed to play the two. And so you have some major questions open about this shooting guard spot. And with the shooting guard spot, it's less about finding a two because there's obviously some versatility that exists there. At the shooting guard spot, it's more about finding the shooting part of shooting guard. And the good news is for the Magic, there are some at least intriguing options that have the versatility of the Magic like that they could pursue in the shooting guard market this year. 
the place we do want to start is uh, with so, with a name that a lot of people have come at me with, and I've kind of had to shoot them down and say, it's probably not going to happen, and that's J.J. Redick. A lot of Magic fans would love to see a reunion between the Magic and J.J. Redick. And certainly, it's there's, there's reporting out now that suggests that J.J. Redick will not sign with the L.A. Clippers. Um, I think that was probably made certainly more urgent, or not urgent, but... It had legs to it. It had more legs to it after the Clippers traded Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets on Wednesday in just a, you know, insane woj bomb before he left left Yahoo. Redick does fit a lot of what the Magic need, though. They need someone that has some gravity that will force opponents to pay attention to him on the, when he's on the floor. Need someone that can just make three-pointers. And even with the Magic, the year that after Dwight left, Redick had his best offensive season. They did a great job running him off screens and setting him up to succeed offensively. So he can succeed on a bad team, essentially. And I think this team, this the talent group that the Magic have right now, at least is a lot better than it was um, five years ago. So with Redick, it's just an issue of money. And he's not going to give him a discount. This is his last big contract. He's 32 years old. So he's looking to cash in. I think it's pretty clear that everyone around the league recognizes this. And so he's probably looking at a contract in the 12, 12 at a minimum, 15 probably, maybe up to $18 million per year for, for two, three or four years. The Magic just don't have that kind of money. So we'll move on from J.J. Redick. But there are some shooting guard options that... Might be interesting if the Magic can throw some money at them. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably out of their price range, but Hardaway's due for a big pay raise. He got hot at the right time at the end of the la- at the end of last season and really began to look like a solid NBA role player. It's unclear whether the Hawks are going to overpay to keep him, but he is a solid player. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope's likely to get a max. That's I think another player the Magic would go after if they had the cap room. Uh, Kyle Korver is a real interesting name, but I think he's looking to stick with the winning team. A name, though, that a lot of Magic fans have given to me, or have pitched to me, is a very familiar one. And that is Vince Carter of the Memphis Grizzlies. Like Korver, like Redick, I think Carter wants to try and end his career with a winner. He's in a good situation with the Memphis Grizzlies. I I don't think uh, that's a situation he would necessarily leave. But he certainly fits the bill of a lot of things the Magic want. Personally, I'm kind of obsessed with finding a locker room leader. And by locker room leader, I'm not just saying a veteran. I'm saying a veteran who is part of the rotation and a key part of the rotation. Can sometimes start, can sometimes push for starters minutes. And I don't think Carter at 40 is pushing for starters minutes anytime soon. But I think he's someone that commands a lot of respect in any NBA locker room he steps into. Remember, a lot of these players grew up watching that dunk contest that Vince Carter was in. He is a hero. And he's been in the NBA forever. So... He certainly fits a lot of those intangible bills. Shot 37.8% from beyond the arc. Shot mostly three-pointers last year with 
um, with the Grizzlies. Eight points per game. You're not relying on him for a ton. But played 73 games at age 39 and 40. I I don't know how much money he's going to command in the market. I think he's in the Magic's price range. The question is whether Carter wants to be grand, be the grandfather of a growing team or wants to compete for a championship. Rumors have it he wants to go play for the Golden State Warriors and go chase a ring, and I can't blame him for that. Things with the Magic did not end fantastic from, from everything I understand. I, I remember I was actually at practice the day he was traded, and Vince Carter was not happy to be talking to reporters that day. It was before the trade went down, but... He was not a happy camper that day, and that was kind of my lasting image of him with the Magic. There are players, though, that I think the Magic can get. And the one that I'm really interested in is one that was actually in the news on Wednesday. During the 2013 NBA draft, I was a big Ben McLemore guy. I actually did a podcast with a Kansas writer talking about Ben McLemore. And while I wasn't too surprised that they ended up taking Victor Oladipo, I thought McLemore was the guy to build around. Had offensive potential and defensive potential. Of course, in Sacramento, none of that has coalesced. McLemore has really, really struggled um, to find his fit in the NBA. The Kings announced, or it was reported, that the Kings are not going to offer McLemore a qualifying offer, making him an unrestricted free agent. So McLemore is on the market. He's a young guy. He's still a young guy looking for a chance to prove himself again. And I think you can get him on the cheap. So if the Magic are looking for shooting, and you know Ben McLemore, at least in college, was marketed as a shooter. That was something that he could do. And in fact, first career, shooting 35.2% from beyond the arc, 38.2% last year, a career high, and he's increased his three-point percentage every year of his career, even... His, his attempts have gone down as his minutes went decreased, but becoming more efficient basketball player. If I'm the Magic and I have my limited funds and I'm looking to add some shooting, and I think McLemore can play some three, two, if you're looking for versatility, Ben McLemore is the kind of player that I take a stab at. You throw maybe two years, six million, Make that second year non-guaranteed. You know, maybe, I don't know if that's enough, but that's that, that that's a very marketable contract and certainly a contract you can get, get after with him. If you still believe in the kid. And I think that's kind of in the Magic's wheelhouse. That, that, that's, in free agency, that's kind of the move I'm, I'm thinking about if I'm the Magic. Try and rec- reclaim a guy on a one-year deal reasonable contract, see if you can give him a role, see if you can get him to compete with some of your younger players at the end of your bench, and see what sticks. Because this is very much a year to, to evaluate some things. You need to bolster the bench. You just you need to just add talent to that bench with the resources you have. And I'm, I'm still willing to believe in Macklemore. Not to the extent that I'm going to start him over some over guys, but... He's good for a big game every once in a while. And his shooting is still valuable, and I think he's shown some defensive. He's, you know, he's not much of a defender. Not much of a defender at all, actually. But, you know, 
you just you kind of have to just see what works. There's just so, you know, we're, we're, we're scrounging the bottom of the barrel here in free agency. And I think it's fair to say the Magic won't do very much in free agency. But they got to find something to improve this roster, and I think that they can. It's just going to be through these, you know, very non-sexy moves like this. Your, your J.J. Reddicks are out, out of your league. P.J. Tucker is probably out of your league. Kyle Korver, Vince Carter, those veterans don't want to come play for uh, losing uh, a, a franchise that's growing. They want to play for winners. So the kind of players you're chasing after is definitely smaller, and you got to take a little bit of risk. you got to minimize that risk. You know, you can't be given $29 million over four years to D.J. Augustin here. But you got to be willing to take a little bit of a chance on some young players like this. And so that's, that, that is really the kind of move that I see the Magic doing. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the direction they go. But we'll see what happens Saturday. we got one more position group left. I'll preview the centers on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic as well as preview Summer League with a little bit more detail. Like I said, shorter episode today, so that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled device. Um, sending out some love for a friend. Check out the latest episode of Locked On Spurs. George Gervin, the Iceman himself, talked to Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs about the big three and the NBA and being the Iceman because George Gervin is really, really cool. Um, that, that was a pun. That pun was intended. I intended that pun. You can't tell me I didn't. Um, check out all the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And also, check out our good friend Alex Kennedy on the Hoops Hype Podcast. He had Orlando Magic General Manager John Hammond on the show yesterday. He does a great job with his interviews. I've been listening to a bunch of those episodes. Had Alfred Payton on uh, last week as well. Um, be sure to check that out too um, if you so choose. I'll be talking about that on OrlandoMagicDaily.com tomorrow most likely. That's going to do it for me. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Follow me on Twitter at Daily. We got a new avatar. Yay. Updated the logo there. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all for listening to Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.